Welcome to The Thinking Tree, a podcast to help believers renew their minds and reform their hearts. I'm Adam Sanchez. And I'm Jeff No. And today we are taking on the sufficiency of scripture. All right, we are back with another fun episode on The Thinking Tree, another difficult topic. Yes. Another fun one. And Jess is here again, hey joining guys. us for this conversation. So we're talking about the sufficiency of the scriptures, but it's in context. I was going to say, did you just jump over to systematic theology or what's, I, what's yeah. going on? Why not, right? What are we doing Everything here? is fair game in the thinking tree. We I can know, talk about but, anything. But I know how your mind thinks and you have, some, you have an order in mind here. There is an order. So if you've been following along, two episodes ago, we, we discussed the nature of mental illnesses and we wanted to begin to understand and have a good conversation about how our culture uses the term and how we can understand it biblically. Last episode, we took on the nature of modern Christian psychology. We want to understand how we can think about that biblically. What are some cautions and critiques uh, regarding that movement? Now we are moving the conversation to discuss the sufficiency of the scriptures. Mm -hmm. And this is in light of dealing with mental illnesses, dealing with inner issues that we face, things that are not material in nature, uh, but do involve body and Soul right. do involve both of us. And so we're looking at the sufficiency of the scriptures in light of those things. Mm -hmm. So it is particular, as you noted, it's not mm -hmm. just overall, though we will look at sure. basic definition of, of what that means, but we want to understand it in light of the day-to-day. -day. Yeah. Why does this matter when it, when it comes to how I live my life? Why does this matter when it comes to the difficulties that I face? Mm. So that's the question. How, how can a Christian understand the sufficiency of the scriptures in light of everyday life? That's probably the best way we could uh, capture mm -hmm. the question of the day. And so to do that, um, let's deal with a couple statements on the front end, right? Okay. Why yeah. not? Definitions help. Definitions help, right? We start good sermons with a good definition on we the screen <laughs> and then we work our way, you know, deeper into it, right? Oh no, I'm found out. Yeah. <laughs> we, we get the marrow after that. Yeah. <laughs> You're picturing your slides right Right, now. right. So if we had a slide, what we would put on here uh, is that when we're talking about the sufficiency of the scriptures, what we mean is that we should understand God's word as sufficient or containing all that we need for life and godliness. So the a simple definition could be that the Bible is sufficient for everything. There's a great, great quote from John Piper. He said, the sufficiency of scripture means that we don't need any more special revelation. We don't need any more inspired and errant words. And the Bible that God has given us we have the perfect standard for judging all other knowledge. Mm -hmm. And all other knowledge stands under the judgment of the Bible, even when it serves the Bible. So I think there's an important distinction here as he's talking yeah. about this other knowledge. So we can note that scripture being sufficient for all of life doesn't mean that scripture gives the guidance for every aspect uh, of life in a particular way. Right. Right. Scripture doesn't tell you how to be a surgeon. Right. how to be a plumber. That'd be nice. It will be nice. Right. It will give you the <laughs> principles for every aspect of life. Like why is it important to take care of your body? Right. Why is it important uh, to take care of what you are a steward of, right. what you take care of? Those things. Uh, Grudem says that scripture contains everything. Wayne Grudem's a prominent uh, theologian. has been, I guess, right. has been sounds mean. Right. He has been <laughs> a alive. prominent yeah. theologian. Yeah. Um, and, and he said this, 
Scripture contains everything we need for uh, everything we need God to tell us for salvation, for trusting Him perfectly, and for obeying Him perfectly. So He's a little more particular in saying Scripture is clear for how we can respond to God. Mm. Right. Scripture isn't always clear on how we can deal with the world and mm. giving us a manual for dealing with the world. But Scripture will help us to to know everything we need for salvation, to trust God, and to obey Him. Mm. Second uh, Timothy three fifteen through seventeen common yep. scripture that we use that God's word um, help, profitable for teaching reproof correction treating mm-hmm. righteousness um, that that we can be equipped for every good work so those are some basic things that we mean when we're talking about the sufficiency of the scripture moving deeper let's talk about things we're really nerdy about. <laughs> uh, let's talk about some of these doctrinal uh, presuppositions because now as we're talking about scripture we got to talk about things like authorship. Yeah. We got to talk about where did it come from, uh, inspiration, some of these key terms. So as we dig into that, Jeff, I know you have lots of thoughts. You want to you oh, capture so much. some of them, right? But <laughs> help us help us think in your mind for a second how you think about the sufficiency of Scripture. Well, yeah. And and for every for every believer listening to this podcast, it you've got to come to this place in your life where you really not only can read that statement that scripture is sufficient and it's inspired, but you can trust it that you, that you will, that you will then say, therefore, I Mm. I believe that therefore this is going to be the guide for my life. It's authoritative. Now I will act. Yeah. Yeah. And that it contains, you're right. It doesn't tell us how to be a plumber. Um, It doesn't tell you how to be a gardener. (laughs) Or how to be a gardener. Right. But you know, it's funny, uh, just as an aside, I was thinking back to our last episode um, and we talked about how you know God has given us this divine word to deal with soul issues, yeah. But but not how to set a broken arm. Mm. What if what if God had done that? What mm. if we had a if we <laughs> if if you could if you had a, a writing that was inspired by God about how to do medical work, would you not want to trust in that more than even a guy with an MD behind his name? Mm. Right? Wouldn't you read it carefully you and go, follow wait, it precisely? This is the divine. I, I want a doctor who who doesn't just go to med school, but who follows God's divine instruction Amen. on setting an arm. Amen. Right? Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. So where are you going with this, Jeff? I don't know. Well, I mean, <laughs> kind of that God knows everything. Yeah, yeah. And that he has communicated to us everything that we need for faith and practice, as yeah. you said, life and godliness, life and right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To know him and his character yeah. and his attributes, to know of his intentional love in the incarnation to know the the basic you know truth that we need to know about the gospel and how we ought to respond to it mm-hmm. the mechanics of how we're saved uh, and then I think day to day to know um, how to live life in a way that is pleasing to him which is ultimately going to be best for us is going to allow yeah. us to flourish yeah. because when we come in line with what God has said this is healthy life mm-hmm. we're going to be better off right yeah. so it's teaching us those things and then of course it's instructing the community of faith the church on how to care for one another in the midst right. of the sin that we all wrestle yeah. with right so so the principles are there but the the big question is do you really trust that yeah that is a question yeah I mean, I just think historically, my mind always goes back to just the Reformation, which we celebrated, mm, right? Mm-hmm. Sola, Sola Scriptura mm-hmm. was one of the um, the mantras, right? That was born out of that. And, and the idea was that God has given us what we need and that is that is sufficient. That's what we look to first, not to tradition, right? Mm, and it was right. the traditions of the church 
um, at the time. And along the vein and theme here, we have, there are traditions now. There are cultural traditions um, that are contrary to scripture. Right, we're raised raised with them and we've we've ingested them. Right, or that are held up as being more important than scripture. Um, And and as a believer who we, we know, we know the creator of the universe, he has revealed himself to us. Um, why, why would we not look to that first? Right. I know it's, <laughs> when you, when you step back and think about it, it's insane to not. To right. just say, I'll live my life without it. Right. Right. As, as, yeah. if, as if I have more knowledge and understanding of the way things work and, and human nature <laughs> than, than, than God. Or I'd right. rather read a book that somebody wrote who's human. Because they have letters after the sure, name. Sure. Yeah. Right. 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 Because oh. they spent 10 years doing Paying weird a lot of money to go people. to school. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, even looking at it the internationally too, that how, how if we're looking at God, the God of the universe, right? Who created this world and revealed himself to his creation. Um, and instead of going tradition, we can just go to God's word, which every believer across every nation, tribe, and tongue can. In countries where there are no mental health services, Mm. there is still God's church and God's word. And places where there aren't even medical services, where people, I mean, die of preventable diseases, there is still God and his word. It's still sufficient for what we need for life and godliness. Right, right. Yeah, there's there's some critical terms I would use here to help people. Uh, and, and there was an episode, I don't remember which one it was, but it was a while ago that we did on the underground where you walked through several of these issues, uh, both going into the canon and how it was formed. And we yeah. had great slides. I had great <laughs> slides over it oh too, my. and walking through that. So listeners, if, you, if you're hearing this, I think you can go back on YouTube and search through that. Uh, but there's three key terms I would give you as you think about the sufficiency of scripture. The first one is inspiration. Mm-hmm. And when we're talking about that word. We're talking about how God revealed himself through the human authors of scripture, meaning they were the scriptures are inspired by God. God is breathing out through the writers. Right. So it's not the writers in their own wisdom, but they're carried along in the spirit as they wrote. Uh, so that or as as they thought, really, right. even. Uh, and so God is using human authors, their characteristics, their nuances, um, but it's superintended by him. So the doctrine of inspiration is really important as we think about sufficiency because we're saying it originated with God. The second, oh, do you want to add to that one? Well, just just those two words, they're they're really important. First of all, that God breathed it out. That's literally what the Greek word means, theonoustos. It means that God breathed. So it's breathed through him and then the superintendence, which is another great word. Well done, Adam says. says. (laughs) Superintended. Like you, like you do your children, you're gonna you're gonna make sure this comes to fruition exactly as it should Correct. be. Correct. As yeah. you breathe it out through them, it's it's completely 100% superintended to come out with every jot and mm-hmm. tittle exactly as yep. it should. Yep. So we can trust that it's then the next point, right? Inerrant, right? Right. Which means to be pure, true, and without error. Without right. error. So right. we have inspiration. It's coming from God, breathed out from Him, superintended by Him. Then it is therefore inerrant, meaning. Without air, it's pure because he has superintended over it. And right. because of who he is. And it reflects exactly. his character. Right. Yeah. Exactly. God's words are the standard of truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is no other standard of truth that can be measured. Right. God's word is the only truth. Um, and so God's when God says something is true, it is qualitatively true. And the scripture testifies to that. And then it's, we can test, yes, right? Correct. We can test right. it. Um, yeah, so there, there we can get nerdy about the original manuscripts and all that, but essentially it's this, that if God's word contains no errors, it is the ultimate 
repository for truth, full stop. Full right. stop. In the whole world, right. in all of creation, more truth in God's word than anything else. It, and it claims that for itself. So again, I'm going to keep coming back to I this. Know. You either believe it or you don't. Amen. Right. And, and I right say, it, it, you know, sanctify them in the truth. Your, Your word, word is, is truth. truth. John 17, 17. Yep. Um, you, listeners, do you believe it? Mm-hmm. Well, and there's, yeah, there's a whole, a whole confusion even recently where the all truth is God's truth. Mm. And the way that people use that, because yes, but usually what they're using it to say is, I feel this thing over here. Right. Um, this thing has been scientifically proven by this one group only to be scientifically unproven by another study or something like that where they're like, well, this is true. So God's stamp is on it. Whereas that phrase, mm. what does that phrase actually mean, Jeff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All truth is well, God's truth right. means. <laughs> well, and yeah, just wait 10 years and science will disprove it. Well, that's so. what I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it well, means it, that if it is if it is true, it'll stand up, it'll go through the correct, sieve of God's right, word and right. it'll come out true. Right, yeah. That's right. what that means. So we have it's inspiration coming from God, mm-hmm. inerrancy being perfectly maintained by God. Mm-hmm. And then the last key word here is authority. Right. And that right. really brings that, if there was any question to your question of do yeah. you believe it or not, this really is where it comes down to it. Yeah. Uh, this is the ultimate aspect because- when we say that God's word is the authority for life and godliness, for mm-hmm. faith and practice, we're saying that if you don't believe God's word, if you don't submit to it, right. then you are disobeying it and right. disobeying and disbelieving God. Right. Right. If you believe and obey, then you are believing God at his word. So it really does come down to that question that you're asking and saying, do you or do you not submit? Do you do you not believe that this is from him? If it is, therefore you are going to follow him. Right. If it isn't, then you live your own way. Right. And you're putting your own wisdom above above the wisdom of the one who made all things yeah. by the breath of his word. Just yeah. can, can you imagine the the audacity, the, the arrogance? arrogance? Yeah. yeah. The pride of somebody. Now they would never say they actually do that, but they live as if they do. They're like, right. Well, I know God's word says this, but Right, right. <clears throat> but I feel this way. Yeah. Or but this is really hard. Right. Or uh, but I don't see that the way that you do yeah. in God's word. And by the way, we should we should we should, uh, we should say that you know coming to that place of submission to God's word in all areas of life is a process. Mm-hmm. We've all sure. and hard. We, it, it's hard, it's right? Yeah. It, and and it's a it's. Uh, I can look back in my many years as a believer, and it's been one thing after another where I've said, okay, I need to submit that to God. I didn't you. I didn't used to believe that. Mm-hmm. I believe it now. Mm-hmm. He said it. I can't. The Spirit is convicting that, convicting my heart that, he, that that's true. Yeah, and I have to now deal with that, and right. I can't ignore it. Right. But that's a process. You know, we're all sure. in that, and and sure. so. Amen. There's there's grace. There's that's grace in the journey. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. right. But but it would be best if we completely did it now. Always. The sooner the better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I think the reason even going into these words about sufficiency when we're looking at um, inspiration, inerrancy, and authority, these words matter because they do bring to bear the reality of God's word. As you're asking, do we believe it? Do we take it as his word? If they are just the words of men, even righteous men, right. it is different than if they are God's words. Correct. Right. So sometimes totally even different. I would say that there can be an error of the red letter Bibles making it seem as if the red letter words are more important than the rest. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the whole word is from God. When we read genealogies, they are from God, hard as they are. And, and they require even some timelines at times and you know, yes. trying to understand family trees. I know you love timelines. I mentioned yes. that for you. 
and they're difficult, but when we understand them, they're actually beautiful. They yeah, come from yeah. God himself with purpose. Purposeful, right. Every word, every jot and tittle, as you mentioned, right. is very purposeful. Now, we could spend our whole lives studying God's word. We would never exhaust it. Right. Never exhaust mm. the study of it. But it is it is very important that we recognize this aspect of sufficiency when it comes to everyday life. Because if we recognize God's word has come from him, that God has superintended it and made it perfect, pure, and holy, and that God's word is therefore authoritative in our lives, now our lives come underneath mm-hmm. God's word. So now we're not taking that arrogant posture and saying, I get to live however I want. I get to do whatever I want. We're saying, no, there is an actual actual objective authority in my life. It is not myself. It is God at his word. That is actually a tremendous blessing. And a comfort. Absolutely. In a world world that is so confused. So confusing. So many voices coming at you. How do you, how do you navigate through it all and decide what's what, what's right Right. and what's wrong? Right. Uh, Man, it's so, I know some people, they chafe under it because they don't want it. But I'm telling you, if you can get your heart to that place of submission, you will find so much peace and joy and comfort in it. Yeah. So. And asking God for help in that. Yeah. You know, because as you're mentioning, it is hard, the yeah. submission to say, man, my whole life needs to be lived under uh, this. And, and you know, people, well, I don't have a, a chapter and verse for that. Uh, you know, I already <laughs> hear the, the objections. Um, but when we, when we do ask, God, help us. Help us so that I'm not living out my pride. You know, you hit the nail on the head, Jeff, talking about pride, mm. arrogance. Um, if it's not, if it's not submitted to God, then ultimately we won't be able to do it. Mm. It needs to be in submission to Him. It can't even be based on a desire of I just want to do things God's way because that that's still just uh, it's very focused on trying to do the right thing mm. instead of saying God help me submit, right. help me to humble myself, yeah. even when I say when I don't like it. Even when I don't like what your word says, but help me to submit to it. Right. That's the posture that we're looking for as faithful followers. Right. We're not looking to say, oh, I love everything that's written and it's <laughs> just the most amazing. Sometimes we're saying, oh, your word is so hard. I mean, we think about the psalmist, David yeah. and other psalmists. Yeah. They're saying, this is hard. Yep. This is difficult. This is painful. Yeah. But I'll trust you. Yep. Yeah. But yep. but I will long for you. Right. I'm not gonna let these questions hinder my relationship with you. And we're grateful for that we have these amazing saints that have gone through that process yeah. because it gives us hope. Right. Yeah. That, that the anguish and the difficulties of life that right. that we have a God who doesn't abandon us, that's long suffering and, yeah. and yes. patient with us and faithful and yep. and so we can cast all of our cares upon that, him. That point about not abandoning us, I think is key and I want I want yeah. you to jump in on this too, Jess. But what if God had expected us to respond a certain way without explaining how to do it. Mm. Wait, that's what you want me to respond to? <laughs> what a setup. Yes, please. <laughs> do it, do it um. now. Just the reality, like, is, is that not, when you, when you ignore the sufficiency of scripture, when you take away God's authority in the word, when you take away um, inerrancy and inspiration, uh, and maybe you keep, Inspiration, but you get rid of the other ones. Uh, but when when you make it out to not be an authority and not be pure, then essentially, aren't you saying that God expects you to do something in life, but he hasn't revealed it to you in, in his word? 
So you need yeah, you sure. need a revelation. You need a special revelation. You mm. need a dream. You need a vision. You need a word from on high. You need a sign. You need a symbol. You need the way the wind moves. You need you right. need something to tell you what to do because God's word is or not enough. You need right. a you need a, a psychologist to tell you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, you hit Full the nail on the head. I'm sorry. Right? I just yeah. I had to throw that in. Yeah. There. Well. I- yeah, I think that we uh, as a people, as a culture, believe that being untethered is freedom. Mm. That if we didn't have, we don't want God's word to be authoritative because then we'd have to do what it says. But we believe that freedom lies in doing whatever we want or defining ourselves. Isn't that our entire culture right now? Mm. Grasping, trying to define themselves, rejecting God's design, rejecting his word, rejecting his authority and be whatever you want and go find Mm. yourself. And what an incredible burden. Because even the people who are celebrated as having done that, um, they cannot, they are broken records. It's like they can't stop talking about it or it ceases to become real. They're narcissists. Well, that, right. If you're you're finding yourself and you're defining who, like it, that is such an incredible burden. We don't recognize the grace that God's authority is in telling us who we are and how we're to live mm-hmm. in that regard. Mm-hmm. I thought I was like reading something or, or I, I forget, but there was a, a mental picture of like a bunch of kids on a cliff, um, so scared and a little grassy field where there's a cliff like right there, mm-hmm. like not moving, not playing, being very careful. And then this next one with a big, big high fence all around them, playing and running and blowing bubbles. Yeah. The cliff is right, right there, right. but there's a security in the boundary mm-hmm. that is set there. And there's, there's which is a picture of freedom. Right. The, right? right. So it's a and great it's, picture. We yeah. just want to be unbound because we believe that that is where we're free. And we are so, when we get there, we're so insecure. Mm. Yeah. There is such security that comes with accepting God's authority. That's great. Amen. Anything to add? Well, no, to that. To that. Are you kidding? <laughs> if, if only we had a slide with, I the, know. with a picture. If only we had Stop. a slide right? with that. That would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that is a great word picture. You know, I think of the, the danger of needing to add to God's word is that then we need to rely either on our experience mm-hmm. or on the experience of others. We, we no longer have sure surety in approaching our our life situation, if we're going to continue with that analogy that Jesse just gave, if if that boundary line that is keeping the kids safe moves, that is still no more sure than a firm boundary line that does because they don't know where to play. Correct. Right. And so that's I would say that's the insidious mm-hmm. nature mm-hmm. of looking at God. So like if if the picture of no boundary is what humans want, right. humans want that freedom and no boundary then a picture of a moving boundary that could actually lead you over the cliff would be those Christians or even supposed Christians at times who do not affirm God's word as sufficient, Mm. who say, ah, yeah, but God's word and. And so now their boundary lines move. Mm. What godliness looks like is not firm and clear and sure. Now, it, well, you know, it could depend on this vision or this dream or this experience or that this I had. issue needs to come over here to be really properly Correct, dealt and now with. it's still not yeah. safe, yeah. right? It's yeah. still yeah. not a secure way to play yeah. uh, within there. Mm. And we're not trying to say that you need to be locked inside of a box, but we're saying what a, what a comfort mm. there is, uh, that God's word should comfort us, that it should not be the rules, that the law came, uh, and not the law in terms of the first five books, but the law in principle came to 
to expose yeah. man's heart, but the gospel has come to redeem it. Right. What a grace. Yeah. So God's word makes all of that clear. Yeah. Uh, we can't take any of it away. And we shouldn't forget that that uh, implicit in 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 under our understanding of our relationship with God in Christ is that he's promised to abide with us. Mm-hmm. So he's not like, here's, not alone. here's a bunch of parameters and rules, make sure right. you do this. He's like, right. I'm going to abide with you. In fact, I'm going to send my spirit to mm-hmm. be within you. Yeah. And um, and so we're not alone in this. Yeah. He hasn't left us alone. Yeah, That's I love beautiful. that you, you highlighted it's not a rule following. Yeah. No. God's word is not just the, it's not the boundary markers of you must do this. Yeah. It's the boundary markers of here's where you can live, as you mentioned, according to my ways. This is By freedom. my strength, <laughs> yeah. by my spirit. Yeah. Enjoy, right? Yeah. Like that's the reality of living within those boundaries. It's not rule following; it's living in the in the life that Christ has provided for us as New Testament saints. Yeah. Uh, you know, I want to note here when we're talking about sufficiency too, it, we're being we're being general in in talking about what Scripture is. But let me be really particular here. Scripture does not provide every possible example of sin or situation. Mm-hmm. No. So you will not find an encyclopedia of every single sin and situation that you could provide that you that you may uh, come across. However, it does provide concrete examples. And then the spirit, as you mentioned, Jeff, mm-hmm. the indwelling spirit will help us to think hard and biblically about the implications of the principles that we see in scripture so that we can apply wisdom in every situation and sin that we encounter. And then he has provided every believer who is committed to a local church, elders, Amen. who, who are who also indwelt by the who spirit. Are exactly, <laughs> and are, are able to teach and are trained in these things and biblical counselors who can come alongside and walk you through that because the principles are there, right? Amen. In scripture, that's what we talk about. Yep. It's there. And, and, and I know sometimes, you know, when you're a younger believer and, and oh, I'm just, the Bible's confusing right. and mm-hmm. I'm all over the place. Well, you have shepherds and you have yeah. biblical counselors right. who, who want to help, who want to walk you through it. Yeah. It's beautiful. Amen. I mean, Christ's design for his church is really amazing. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. Wise, I might even say. Yeah. <laughs> what, are, what are some, as we wrap up the conversation here, what are some encouragement? That was a great encouragement, Jeff. What are additional encouragements you would give to listeners thinking biblically, trying to think biblically about this sufficiency of scripture for everyday life. Mm. Go, Jess. Oh, everyone I know. looked at me. I know. Oh my goodness, you guys. <laughs> um, I mean, I just want to say, don't pretend that God's word doesn't address things that it clear, right. that it clearly does, which is a throwback to our last episode there too, right? Right. Um, common um, as first Corinthians 10, 13 says what it was common to man. That's what we experience. <clears throat> yeah. Um, temptations that are common to man, anxiety, depression. We've talked about some of these other things. Scripture does speak to that. Um, don't pretend it doesn't say, it doesn't talk to the things that it actually, um, does. I do find some comfort even, and I'll plug for the sermon series. There's nothing new under the sun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. things that, throw us, don't throw God. Things that are confusing to us, don't confuse him. Um, and if, if scripture is sufficient, if he's given us what he needs, what we need for life and godliness, then there's no reason to be rocked, right. tossed to and fro. Mm-hmm. We have what we need, but, but it, if we don't read what we have, then, then we don't know that we have yeah. what we need. Is that confusing enough? Um, know God's word. Yeah. Read God's Amen. word. Yeah. Marinate in God's word. Surround yourself by people who know God's word and who live it well. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. If you look back at Jeff Noe's life, um, which has been quite a journey, it's been a roller coaster ride. <laughs> uh, but 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 Jeff, when he first got saved, um, you know, floundered. You know, I mm. I I was I was a believer. Spirit was there. Loved Jesus. Mm-hmm. Didn't know what to do. Right. Right. Um, people started pointing me in the right direction, including right. my now wonderful wife Tanya. Mm. But what? But what? made the difference was a passion and a zeal for his word. Yep. And God and God did that work. I'm not I'm not going to take credit for it. Right. All I knew is that he gave it to me and I attended to it. And I think that's a good way to think of things. God yes. God will will do a work in your heart. Now go attend to it. Right. Whatever he puts on your heart, whatever that is. And for me it was I couldn't I couldn't put it down. I wanted to know more. I mm-hmm. I could see in it this divine truth, this using secular language, the the key to life. Right? Yeah, yeah. It was the key to life, to, yeah, to happiness is. and all these yeah. things, right? Uh, the world talks in those ways by pointing to other things. Yeah. Uh, but for me, this was the key to life. This was where where all the unlocking of the mysteries and the truths of the universe could be found. And Peter says that. Where yeah. else would we go? So so why would I not spend every waking moment trying to understand it? Yeah. yeah. But we have so many Christians that they're not there. Mm. Now, distracted. They're distracted. Right. <laughs> But but they just haven't caught that zeal yeah. for it, and they're and they're believers. But yeah, but they are looking in other places exactly. to satisfy that. Exactly. Itch. Yeah. So I, I would echo that if I'm going to give an encouragement. First, we need to cultivate that trust in God's word, uh, and so mm-hmm. I would give this this thought. This should be regular for every Christian. If God says it, we should listen and obey. Yeah. Well, it'll start there every time you read God's word. So like, remember when you were in the Roman series? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Painful so many times <laughs> in a good way mm-hmm. because God's word confronts our heart mm-hmm. and God's word says not this is not easy, this is not comfortable, but it's true and it's hard to submit. Yeah. There are certain parts that are hard to submit, but we say if God's word says it, yeah. we should listen and we should obey. So that that's the first thing I would encourage. And then the second thing is this, I, and I encourage this with people that I meet with, if you need uh, a good thought exercise for your response in something, just ask, is this pleasing to God? Is this righteous? Mm-hmm. That will instantly draw you to, well, how would I know? I know by his word. Yeah. Right. That draws right. you back to his word. And so then you're gonna you're gonna encourage that cultivation yeah. in your own heart. You're gonna encourage that, well, I guess I need to go study it. Right. I need to go and search the scriptures. And maybe I need to go and meet with one of our pastors, one of our elders, one of our uh, women's council leaders, one of our one of our counselors. I need to meet with somebody to help me walk through this because right. I may not know where to go, right. but I want to find out, is this pleasing to him? If we start there, uh, that's a great posture and a direction yeah. that we can grow in. And if you already affirm the sufficiency of scripture, I would say keep cultivating it. As Jeff said, <clears throat> keep cultivating that by wanting to do things more and more biblically. So it's not the kind of thing that just you set it and forget it. And I would I would say this by example yeah. of what I've seen in Jeff's life. It is not something that he just had a zeal for when he was younger at UCLA. It is something that God gave him, as he noted, and he's cultivated and tended to it, kept on yielding to God, saying, if God says it, we must do it. And so when you look at Oak Hill today and you look at the uniqueness of our local church body, we do some hard things. Yeah, <laughs> We do membership. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's painful at times. Uh, we walk through these things, but because we keep saying, if God's word says right. it. That's what we do. And right. so that right. keeps getting cultivated. So for those out there who are just saying amen the whole time, I'm still going to give a loving challenge to you and say, is every aspect of your life yielded to God? Mm-hmm. 
that's the tra- challenge for yeah. all of us. Yep. Yeah. And and no, the answer is no for right. none of us. We're right. not perfect. <laughs> but what a great challenge for us to seek to be more and more uh, biblical and yielding to God. And, and to trust that that's where blessing and, and joy mm-hmm. come, actually right. come. Right. Yeah. Freedom. Right. Exactly. There it is. Yeah. Wow. Whew. Okay. Well, hey, that was a little easier than I thought. <laughs> That's good. Well, friends, we pray this conversation on sufficiency of scripture has helped you to renew your minds and reform your hearts. We'll see you next time on The Thinking Tree. <laughs>